Welcome to the Career Matters Podcast. I am your host, uh, Nisar Ahmad. Uh, I'm also the founder and the managing editor of the blog, careermatters.com. And this is actually episode 56 of the podcast. A, a quick reminder, this podcast was started a year ago around this time. So 56 episodes later, we are still going. That's, that's exciting. But uh, today's episode uh, is part of the Day in the Life of series. In the previous eight day in the life of series interviews, I've uh, conducted interviews from individuals from a particular career. And today's career that I've chosen, I'm speaking with a growth hacker. And our guest name is uh, Juan Campos. Juan will be sharing his experience, uh, how he got started in this particular profession, where he stands today, some of the challenges, some of the fun things, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We'll, we'll learn more about growth hacking and Juan, uh, Juan as we go along. Juan, hi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much. First of all, I do want to, I want to make sure I'm getting your name right. Is it Juan? Is that is that how we say it? Juan, yes. Okay, perfect. So uh, b- before we get through, I always like to start off with a fun question. I love asking my guests, where are you calling from? I'm calling out of uh, Silicon Valley. I'm in Los Altos, California. Silicon Valley. Uh, this Actually, that is exciting for me because this is the first time I'm speaking to someone from the valley. Of course, Silicon Valley doesn't need an introduction, uh, but uh, you did mention you're calling from a particular city in the valley. Can you just, can you tell us a fun fact about the city you're calling from? Um, other, of course, other than the fact it is in Silicon Valley and all the cool things happen yeah. there. Tell me some. Tell us something fun that most people don't know about. Wow. So it's actually really cool that Silicon Valley is often uh, referred to as the region between uh, San Jose and San Francisco. And it's all of the little cities that make it up. Right. So it's Los Altos, Palo Alto, uh, Cupertino, Mountain View, Sunnyvale, all of those cities kind of make up the valley area. And Los Altos is actually where Facebook uh, started. Uh, we're actually friends with the guys that live at the house that Mark Zuckerberg moved into whenever uh, they moved Facebook out to Silicon Valley. And this, because so many great startups have come out of here, Apple, IBM, Hewlett Packard, then this is actually one of the top 10 most expensive zip codes in the United States. It's super pricey to live out here. Uh, Nobody owns their home. Everyone's just renting it because it would be impossible. They're all multi-million dollar properties. Yeah, I mean, that is the hotbed of uh, innovation for all things that we experience, Facebook, YouTube, everything. So, of course, uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, I've heard that things are pricey, but it's fun to know that uh, a lot of people, if you watch the movie, The Social Network, or if you have even seen, read the Mark Zuckerberg story, when they moved out of the university, they went to a house. And um, this is it's, it's exciting to hear. That it's the house. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, I can walk to it. I can walk to it from here. Yeah. It's that house that's in the movie that, you know, with the pool that they like tear down the chimney whenever they're they're like messing around in the house. It's that house. Yeah, that is exciting. That is really exciting. So let's uh, move on to the interview. So I'd love to two questions I have. Uh, First of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why growth hacking? I started my first business in 2010, uh, right out of high school. I was going to school at the time. um, Like I was doing all of my schooling online and I was starting my first business. And by the time I was about 22, uh, we had done about $300,000 in in business. 
I was just so in love with with entrepreneurship. We were crushing it. I took some of that money and went down to South America, was traveling through Latin America, which is where I met my current co-founder of the startup that I'm working on right now. And uh, she had uh, worked on the growth team for a company that exited to BBBA, the bank in Europe. And uh, it was a fintech startup. And while we were traveling, we realized that there was a lot of there was a lot of people just like us millennials that love traveling, and so we started uh, coming up with a community which is now Nomad App. And it while we were growing that community, that startup, uh, that travel tech startup, we realized that the only thing that matters in a company is growth. Like at the end of the day, business is super simple. If you if you take it down to like you have to make more money than you spend, like that's it. So if you're doing that, then you're in business. And so uh, we realized that what we had learned in growing that community was super, super valuable. And there was so many funded startups that had that pain point, right? They had created something beautiful or a very practical tool, but they had no idea how to get people to use it. And that's the only thing that we knew how to do was how to get people to use something. Uh, and so we started doing like freelancing gigs and now... That is that is what what I do now. Basically, part of part of my day, I'm running growth for probably seven or eight different startups, and then the other part of my day, I'm uh, at the accelerator that we got accepted to, which is the accelerator that Dropbox and PayPal came out of out here in Silicon Valley, plug and play. So uh, that's that's kind of how I came into growth hacking was just out of my own experience, out of my own need of growing my startup, and then realizing that pretty much everyone needs that, especially funded startups out in the valley. Hmm. That's actually inter- interesting because you said something at the beginning setting, saying that, you know, if you're not growing, the business is actually done. You need to make more than what are your cost, what it is costing you. And, Always. It, and today it's, it's, it's now mainstream news. Every day there's startups that are growing. There's so many startups. So if, if someone is a growth hacker, they virtually, and they're good at it, uh, they mm-hmm. virtually have, you know, zero unemployment because if they can deliver, there's so many startups willing to hire them. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if like you have to care about growth, every company has to care about growth, either the CEO and internally the team is like, that's the religion. It's like, we are always worried about customer acquisition. We're always worried about lowering our churn rate. We're always worried about user retention. Or if, if, if the CEO has good self-awareness and they're like, Hey, I don't really care about this. I'm a, I'm a product person. But at the end of the day, I see the value in increasing our bottom line and increasing our, our, uh, our users, our user base then they have to work with someone that is very experienced in that field. Mm-hmm. It, there, there's just no going around it, especially because funded startups, they need customers either to go revenue positive or to be able to go back to their investors and say, hey, we have more and more and more users. Um, like now we can raise another round. Like they need they need users at, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So what's what's good is funded startups in general will disproportionately spend money on customer acquisition. So let's say a normal company spends like five to ten percent on growth, uh, five five to ten percent of their budget on growth. A funded startup has to spend like fifteen to twenty five percent of their money. And if you just raise three point five million dollars from Sequoia Ventures out in the valley, like you have to, you have to get users. You can't just go back to your investors and say, "Okay, I built a cool tool." You have to go back and say, "Hey, we have a hundred thousand people using our platform." And that's where we come in. And that's where, uh, you know, these these funded startups that are sitting on, on a, a lot of money for customer acquisition, they have to spend it on someone that has the credentials to say, I know what to do with this. All right. That that makes total sense. So uh, before we get a, uh, get a little bit into the interview, I want to clarify a little bit. Um, maybe you can give some clarification. What does it growth hacker do exactly? I understand growth. But let's talk about the mechanics 
Um, what, what does the day-to-day look like for a growth hacker? So by definition, my, my main focus in a company is figuring out the greatest amount of results that we can get on customer acquisition for the least amount of resources, whether that's time or money or like whatever we define as the resource, the limited resource that we're working with. So uh, I'm always interested in figuring out what's the right platform that we need to be engaging with people's attention. At the end of the day, we're trying to get people's attention before we can tell them how cool our features are or how much better we are than the competitors. We need people's attention. So I need to figure out what's the right platform for our audience. What's the right paid strategy for our audience? What's the right content that we need to be putting out? And then what's the right message? So those four things is what I'm looking for. What's the right message to them? And and also just like figuring out who the right audience is, right? Who's the cheapest audience that I can get for that will give me the greatest amount of ROI, of mm-hmm. return on my investment. So that that is the secret. That's like what I what and not just for me, but that's what like everybody should be worried about. If you have a SaaS platform, if you have any kind of consumer facing, or even if it's a B2B, you, you have to be answering those questions for yourself. Interesting. Okay. So that gives me a little bit more clarity. And let's say, let's say, let's take a date, a day like today or any given day. What do you do day, like beginning of the day till the end of the day? What are some of the things? Can you walk me through uh, what a growth hacker does, what type of tools he or she uses? Sure. So there's there's like methods and principles that I'm worried about. So on, on the principle part of thing, the, the principles are like what I would call the things that I will learn that no matter what changes in the growth hacking environment, I, I will be able to navigate the choppy waters because I understand the principle of like how to get people's attention or the principle of human behavior. And then the methods, these are like the, the tactics, like what's the tool, what's the new uh, you know distribution method. But the problem with only learning the methods is that those change a lot. Right. So uh, like, for example, Mass Planner, which uh, was a tool that many growth hackers were using to automate engagement on Instagram and Facebook, just uh, announced that they were shutting down their Instagram and Facebook integration because they got basically a letter of season and cease and deceased uh, uh, from Facebook and Instagram. So whenever they had to shut that down, then Mass Planner had to uh, close that in- integration. Instagram had to do this. So like the tools, I'm less romantic about than just the principles. So in principle, I'm running a lot of experiments to figure out exactly that for, for my clients. Where is their audience? So like, let's take this podcast. Who are the people that you're trying to target? How do we get to them? What's the right messaging? What uh, What is the platform that your target audience that you've decided is the highest converting is going to uh, engage with? And then what's the right messaging to them? And then what's the right paid strategy to them? How do we make sure that we get this podcast from, you know, however many streams you're getting right now to like a million downloads over the course of the next year? Uh-huh. And a, a lot of that, if that's the principle, if that's the religion, then the methods kind of fall together, like the actual tools, like I mean, I can just list off a ton of like we use BuzzSumo and we use MailChimp and we use MailShake and we use, um, you know, like the Facebook ads platform is actually really robust. We spend a lot of time uh, running tests on Facebook ads to figure out what it, what is the highest converting audience. Um, Instagram is perfect. Twitter and, and just running a lot of these. We use QU. Like if, if you're just looking for like tools that we use, I mean, it's dozens of them. Um, but like the principle and what I, to like answer your question of like, how do I spend my time? It's actually figuring out where do the people live that love this podcast that are going to love this podcast and how do we get to them and how do we do the right strategy for them to actually go and listen to it or download it. And then if that's 
that's on the consumer facing and then on the B2B is how do we make sure that sponsors, uh, I'm not sure if this is how you're monetizing it, but how do we make sure that sponsors are interested in giving us money based on the amount of impressions that we're getting, the amount of listens or downloads so that we can say to them, hey, I have an audience of this, 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 and this demographic. And then for $2,000 a month, I'll do a spot, uh, you know, a 15 second spot in my podcast. Like, how do we get that? Answering those questions is what I do for every single one of my clients to figure out how we can get them the most amount of money for the least amount of investment and limited resources. Fair enough. Thank you. So the best, uh, if I took one thing away, it's the principles rather than tools. And if I can draw a woodcutter analogy, you know, or, or any type of uh, like a blue collar worker, you would say it's, it's not necessarily the quality of the tools, but the skills that that person has that defines success in that role. Uh, right. Right. So, okay. That makes total sense because don't fall. Like you've given some examples. Don't get too caught up in the tools. You might you might like, like them, but if the uh, tools become obsolete or they get shut down, you need to learn to adapt and use something else. But the main thing you have to work, look out of the principles and the core, core skill sets. Exactly. All right. Uh, Juan, you sound like a very excited uh, and passionate person about what you do, uh, <laughs> which is great. I love it. But that's one of the great things about these episodes is I love to talk to people who love what they do. Um, of all the sure. things about growth hacking that you, uh, what do you enjoy the most? I love that I get to make my own luck. Um, I, so I actually identify more as an entrepreneur, as a serial entrepreneur than I do as a growth hacker. But from, from my point of view, every single entrepreneur, anyone that builds anything that they want people to use, you know, because n- nobody just makes chocolates without liking chocolate. Nobody makes a tool for business owners without having that pain point themselves. And if you put that much work and that much effort and you've been coding something for the last 18 months and then you went and raised $500,000 as an angel round for you to take off with the company, like I worry for the people that do that, but have no idea how to get traction. And so I love that as a growth hacker, I get to study growth and I get to see it at scale so that I can apply it in my own startups. I get to test out the theses and theories on dozens and dozens of startups and I get to see great success getting them on Forbes, on Inc, on Entrepreneur, seeing their numbers blow up when we do a product hunt launch and we hit the front page and we're in the top 10 most popular apps of that month. Like I love seeing that and I love testing things at scale so that I can apply it in, into my own startups. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, creating my own luck. I don't have to cross my fingers and hope that something I work on five years from now does well. I can guarantee some level of success of that because I understand traction and I understand uh, human behavior and how to create something that people are going to love. And that's exciting to me because that guarantees, uh, that anything I work on, whether it's a passion project, if it's like a music project, anything that I do is going to get some level of, of success by those metrics. All right. That's that actually, uh, sounds, uh, that sounds very exciting. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Of course, I, in my experience, anybody I've spoken to, no matter what they do, there's also the flip side. There are some challenges involved, things that they don't sure. necessarily enjoy in, their, in what they do. Um, so what would you say are some of the challenges that you, will, you face or you, uh, you come across? So, I mean, I, I would say it's definitely a challenge if you're going to go into growth hacking and you don't like learning and you don't like being patient. Or if you just, if you really like the product, if you get really romantic about the product, those are challenges that you're going to face. Because like I said, like tools get shut down all the time, you know, like platforms change. Like if you're a Twitter growth hacker and then three years down the road, Twitter just isn't doing as well. And that's not where the attention is, but you're romantic about the platform and you don't want to jump on another platform that does have people's audience like Facebook, like Musical.ly, like Snapchat, 
then then you're going to lose because you got romantic about the methods that you're using. So if you like learning, then these challenges aren't challenges. They're just opportunities to figure out where the attention is and how you can get in front of the of your target audience. But if you don't like learning, then that's going to be that's going to be a problem. If you only learn the methods, if you really only care about the product and it's not your like your religion, your mindset, your constant 24 seven mindset is to grow startups then that's you're really going to see that uh, because it's an ever evolving, ever changing industry and you always have to stay on top of it. Unlike unlike maybe like uh, and I'm saying this out of ignorance, I don't know if that's the case, but let's say something like uh, engineering or, you know, some sciences that are like very established and you're doing, you know, you'll go to school for four five, six years and then you get to execute on that knowledge for for the rest of your career. That's not growth hacking at all. So the, the most important thing is being agile, being flexible, and being willing to learn. And definitely, uh, that those are those are big challenges. All right, so let's uh, shift gears. So someone listening to this, they are excited about growth hacking. What do you recommend uh, the path to get started? So the number one thing that I would say to someone that wants to be a growth hacker is to have trophies. You nothing will get you a gig faster than you just being the real deal and you saying these are the things that I've done. Not this is what I studied or, you know, nobody's going to ask to see your diploma or to see this is very much an industry where you have to have results that you can show and you can go and drop it on the desk of the CEO that you're trying to get hired by and say, I've done these things. Hire me and I will do these things for your company. So if you're trying to get into growth hacking, pick a brand, any brand, but you can do it for your dad's auto part business. You can do it for your mom's, uh, you know, chocolate delivery business. You can do it for your uh, you know, like, or pick any brand, even if you have to do it for free, do it for a YouTuber, do it for a musician, do it for your little brother that wants to like have a YouTube channel where he just writes music, like pick a brand, any brand and grow it as big as you can. In executing, you will have to learn a lot. You will have to join the right Facebook groups. You will have to buy the right books. You will have to learn and you'll have to understand the principles of growth hacking. Once you have that, you'll be able to go to someone and say, Hey, I took this brand from zero to a million downloads on a podcast in less than a year. What I did with them, I can do for you. That is the best way for you to get started. There is no course that can fix it for you. There's no certification or diploma that that will do more for you in the career than for you to just have the results. Okay, so it's practical experience, right? Practical experience. Right. Of, uh, and you having done something and you can show to the potential employer, potential startup, or even a company you want to work for that I've done something, I'm the right person, you have to hire me. Right. Uh, what about uh, certifications or degrees, um, courses, uh, any recommendations on that? Yeah. So I currently, along along with an awesome, awesome group of entrepreneurs, I help run the largest growth hacking community in Silicon Valley. And it was originally started by GrowthX, which is the growth academy out of Soma in San Francisco. And they, I think they do the best job that I've ever seen of actually creating a curriculum for entrepreneurs to go from zero to competency in growth hacking. Uh, they do a great job of growth hacking, the learning of growth hacking, uh, so to speak. And but other than like GrowthX or, you know, I'm, I've seen like some Udemy courses that do a great job uh, in like explaining the principles of growth hacking and the tools like those are all awesome. But at the end of the day, like you just really need the, the practical. It's very much like it's like being an artist or wanting to get hired as like a, an athlete or a musician or something like that. Like you have to just you have to know how to do the stuff. You have to be the real deal. There's there's no third party endorsement that can help you more than you just knowing the stuff. Fair enough. It's just that kind of field. Okay. So it's all it's all about networking, connecting with the right individuals who have done it so you can learn from them 
and you can grow along with them, right? Yeah. Well, and actually just like executing too. I mean, you can spend all day on Facebook groups and learning from other people, or you can just spend all day, you literally opening up your Instagram and being, what do I do? Like, how do I grow this? And then like interacting with people, sending messages and you, you can just try something like, okay, uh, here, uh, I'm going to try something. I'll just like start sending out messages to, I'll go to the hashtag, ha- hashtag uh, work or hashtag employment. And then let me see what people are talking about in there. And let me see like how I can engage with people and how, how I can tell them like how I can interact with their content and then see if they'll come back and look at my page and then maybe they'll listen to my podcast. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a very, very, and then of course at scale, like w- once you're doing, you, you'll do that for a month and then you realize like, ah, I'm spending so much time doing this and it is good, but I wish there was a way to automate it. And then you're going to go to Google and you're going to say, Hey, how do I automate doing this? And then you're going to find a tool and then you're like, Oh, okay, that's, that's perfect. Let me just like load up all of these comments in there and then see if that works. And then you'll do, so a lot of it is just like actually being practical about it. And again, it's just like making it, making growth the the entire mindset of the company as opposed to, I don't know, like building a, a perfect product, which of course is super important or making your clients happy, which of course is super important or building the most scalable business model, which of course is important. But at the end of the day, like if you don't have clients, you're not in business. If you don't have people's attention, you can't possibly think that you're doing well. You have to have to have people's attention. And so if you just get really practical and just really wanting to do it by hand, even inevitably you're going to grow. And that, that, is more valuable than just surrounding yourself with people that can give you the growth hacks themselves because at the end of the day you just have to be able to do them and of course there's value in learning from other people of course and of course you should do that but what i'm trying to avoid and still people steer people away from that are listening to this is don't just go and buy the top five books on growth hacking and then not grow your brand because really those books are giving you the excuse of not executing for a full month because you're thinking, oh, okay, I need to just understand everything before I run. Like, no, you don't just start things. And of course, read a book. Like I'm not saying don't study. I'm not saying don't watch a Udemy course, but don't pay $15 for a Udemy course and have that be the excuse of why you're not going to do anything this month related to growth. I love that because uh, I personally can relate to that. When I, when I started this blog a few couple of years ago, I had no idea. I did not, I just knew blog is a place where I used to go and read. I did not know sure. anything about growth. So one thing I did is, you know what, enough books. Uh, I, I just started, I just opened an account, a WordPress account and started writing. Yeah. Then then I started expanding into guest, guest authors and partnerships and all that. Two years later, a lot of the things, if I had if I had to study and learn all the steps it would take me to be where I am today, I would have got overwhelmed and not even done anything. So right. the whole idea of getting started is very, very important. And uh, it's amazing when you start taking action uh, things, good things start happening. I mean, if I could simplify right. it, that's exactly that. So I didn't mean to take away from your point, but I just thought I should just. No, uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So once somebody has started as a growth hacker, uh, where, where can it take them? What does a career path look like? Um, I mean, you can make really good money, especially out here in the Valley, because uh, like I said, startups just have to spend disproportionate amounts of money on customer acquisition. So uh, if you if you have the success stories, if you can say, hey, I can take a, a podcast from zero to a million downloads in a year and it's actually true and you actually have done it uh, and you really do know how to do that. It's pretty easy for you to find four, five, six, seven clients that will pay you three to ten thousand dollars each a month on retainer to do that for them. That's the number one thing that like that's the thing that they have to spend money on. If they don't spend money on that, then they're not in business. They have to spend money on getting more clients. And if you know how to get a million downloads this year. Yeah, of course, that's worth $30,000 of paying you $3,000, you know, like 
it's a no brainer for these companies. So um, the better you are at it, the higher prices can be, you know, then you can start saying 10, $15,000 month retainers for you to get those results. Mm -hmm. And the more trophies that you get, the easier it is for you to build your personal brand and start getting leads coming to you and referrals of people saying you really need to be working with these guys. And the more and more that you do it, the bigger and bigger that you, you can grow. You don't have to build an agency. You don't have to have a website that's here's my growth hacking agency and here's my company. And but like, now more than ever, people are not buying businesses or it's it's not B2B or B2C anymore. It's like H to H, you know, it, like people are, buy, people are hiring humans, human to human. Mm. Uh, and so if you can get in front of those people and they can see that you're the real deal and you have the right stuff to make their business take off, then you can charge really good money for, for those results. It's just so valuable. It's, it's too valuable for them not to. So results and experience are everything. That's uh, yep. that's what I hear. So definitely, what, uh, the next question is a tricky question because let's say uh, I uh, someone stops you at, in, in, as you're uh, in the middle of a street and our someone just wakes you up and says, "What is one advice you will give to someone who wants to get into this field?" And you can only give them one advice. What would that be? Get started. <laughs> pick pick a brand. Pick a brand. Any brand. Yeah, like just just get started. Pick a brand and grow it. And yeah, talk to the right people and just make that the thing that you do and that you care about and talk to everyone that you can talk to the top 10 marketers around you and ask them, you know, like what, what's the advice that you have for me to grow on Facebook? How do I grow on Twitter? How do I grow on Instagram? How do I grow? Like, where is people's attention? What's the demographic that's living on Snapchat right now? Is that right for my audience? Is it like, you just have to get started. There is no sitting around for a month trying to work on your weight loss plan. Literally just eat less calories than you burn every day and then walk and, you know, and then, and, and then that will turn into, Oh, I can walk even further. And then that'll turn into, why don't I just start jogging? And then that will turn into, Oh, I have some jogging friends that I can do that on the weekends. And then that will turn into, uh, Oh, every Friday they get together and play ultimate Frisbee. I'll do that. And then, that, and then next thing, you know, like if you fall in love with the process, mm -hmm. trust that time is going to move forward with or without your permission. And if you just trust the, the process and you stay in the pocket, if you just hold your posture of loving that, guess what? A year later, you're, you're, you're there because you're getting 1% better every single day and time will continue to move forward. We're a product of our habits. If, you know, if you fall in love with growth and learning how to get more downloads over a year, your podcast will inevitably be bigger. So Wonderful. just get started. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that advice as well. Uh, we are, uh, we have actually come to the conclusion of our interview uh, here. Awesome. Uh, one, I mean, lots of great tidbits, lots of valuable information. Um, before we wrap up, any last words? No, I, I would really appreciate it if anyone that wants to stay in touch uh, wants to get a hold of me. I'm on all of my social media as Wanikin. That's my personal brand. Uh, Juan, my name, and then N I K I N J U A N N I K I N Wanikin, like Anakin from Star Wars. Uh, so, uh, just, uh, I'm happy to answer any questions. If, if anyone wants to hit me up, I, I like to be very collaborative and, and helpful in any way I can be. So, uh, feel free to reach out and get a hold of me. My startup is nomad app and, uh, look forward to staying in touch. Yeah. I'll make sure to add those links. when I do the summary of the episode in that case, they can uh, reach out to you, uh, and learn more from you. So Juan, thank you very much. Uh, it was a pleasure. As I mentioned, lots of great information shared. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you as a guest. Thank you so much, Nisar. Likewise. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, folks, uh, for listening to this episode of the Carrie Menes podcast. Um, I have written a brief summary of the interview. 
as part of a post, uh, a blog post on, on careerminutes.com. Um, if you enjoyed this particular episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this among your network. As always, you can find all the episodes of the podcast on TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and of course, iTunes as well. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you.